Hey, library listeners, Ashton, James's girlfriend here. I'm sorry for the interruption, but I need to do some shameless self-promotion. If you're a fan of the antics on the library and thought to yourself, man, I wish they talked about horror movies, then swing on by to our brand new podcast, Room 237, brought to you by Jumperscape Audio, a best-in-class podcast for first reactions and reviews of horror films, both old and new, with some wacky opinions, thought-out analysis, and plenty of stupidity to go around. Tune in starting February 23rd on all platforms you enjoy your podcasts on. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they put up their consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. everybody welcome to the library the show where we talk about halo lore and today we decided that we simply are not uh are not good enough to talk about halo lore today because today we've brought in one of the originators the creators the authors mr troy denning has joined us on the show today (laughs) (laughs) how are you doing today sir I'm doing just great. Thanks. Fantastic. Nice to be here. <laughs> it, it's our honor. It's our pleasure thank to have you, you on the show. Here. Oh yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this uh, it, for, okay. For me and James, uh, your work, he's right here, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> your work has been utterly fantastic. Um, it's, it's been incredible. Me and me, especially I've looked into all of the work that you've done. Uh, one of our old hosts, Bryant, uh, he went through all of your Star Wars novels. <laughs> he went through all of that stuff. Um, your your work has resonated through our friend group quite a bit, and so it is nothing more, nothing less than an utter pleasure to have you join us today. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. Most definitely, yes. <laughs> I, I, I am a terrible reader. Good to be here. <laughs> I, I, it's so hard to lock me into a book, and I got through Shadows of Reach and Outcasts like it was. I felt like I was watching a movie in my brain, (laughs) how it's supposed to feel when you read a book. And it's hard for me to do. (laughs) Uh, 
great to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been utterly fantastic to go through, especially outcasts. I'm I'm excited to talk about that today because there's quite a bit. There's some questions, there's some curiosities, but also just great appreciation to be given because uh, I would think that in in this story that you've written, this is a rather interesting time to be writing a novel for a, a Halo uh, for a Halo franchise because you're you're kind of filling in this gap that a lot of fans are currently trying to explore a whole lot more. And so you have quite a, quite a challenging task of writing a novel that answers, uh, and answers some of the questions that some of the fans have, but also tell an interesting, unique story, especially r- with one of the best characters that Halo's ever introduced, the Arbiter, Thelvadam. Um, yeah. So we have plenty of things to go over with that. Uh, first and foremost, though, I kind of want to just sort of talk about you in Halo, if that's if that's cool with you. Sure. Oh, all right. Sweet. Uh, now, I know that your work goes back fairly far, way before Halo, <laughs> at the very least, because uh, some of the stuff that uh, that I've read that I had, I honestly hadn't realized that you wrote it uh, up until I was uh, I was there at HCS and you were talking about it, that you had written things like Waterdeep way back. Uh, you'd written quite a few of these Star Wars novels, and it, what was it, now? I I don't I don't want to butcher it. What was it that you said that you're known for with the Star Wars novels? Like you were the you were the Grim Reaper of Star Wars or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I like, some fans actually made a, a hat for me one time that said Solo Killer. <laughs> Solo <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's Jason lovely. Solo. <laughs> I was gonna wear it all the time, um, but my wife pointed out that if you don't know Star Wars, people are gonna think you're a little bit off balance. So, <laughs> so I'm known for being hard on Wars. That's that's so fun. I, I mean, you're the original solo killer, then. Oh sure. <laughs> <Hell> yeah, <laughs> uh, the OG. Yeah. Uh, so when you got, and when you joined up with Halo, you, you signed on first with Halo Last Light, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic, that, that's a, that is a story I have. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm currently going through all of the novels with uh, a book club that's hosted by our community. And, uh, because of that, I was about halfway through all of the novels that currently exist, but I had to stop to join in on the book club. So I had time. So I had gotten through, uh, shadows of reach outcasts, oblivion, silent storm, but I didn't get to the ferrets. And so I feel like I've messed, uh, I've missed something there because everyone at the book club, there's one in particular, I'll, <laughs> I'll call him out because he'll be happy about it. Um, one guy in particular, a guy by the name of Giver, uh, he, uh, has read through the ferrets multiple times and constantly references it as one of his favorite stories that's been told, uh, especially going off of the the stories that came off of Ghosts of, of Onyx. Um, that sort of stuff was utterly fascinating to hear about, even as someone like me who hasn't gotten the the joy of reading it yet. <laughs> um, but in in relation to your writing specifically, I wanted to know when that all started when do you got the opportunity to write for halo and was it something that that you had initiated or was this something that 343 reached out to you and said we need this guy writing for us um it was just a matter of of being in the the right place at the right time as so much of life is um i had been 
called out to Seattle um, for Wizards of the Coast to, to work on a project with them. And of course, I go way back with the TSR crowd. I started work there in 1981. Mm -hmm. um, and after we had had our meetings at, at Watsi, we were a couple of friends and I, you know, you know since I was in my early 20s, mm -hmm. and we went out one night just to have some drinks and talk and catch up. And um, a friend of mine, uh, who was a, a game designer, both at, at Watsi and uh, I think he's at Amazon now. Anyway, he had um, he had been approached by Ed Schlesinger, the the editor for Halo, to work on some Halo books. And and I said, oh wow, Halo, that's really. I'd been reading some Halo books because Karen um, Travis had written some. Yeah. And I'd worked with her in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. and I said, oh Halo, that sounds really exciting. You know, that's that's a great property. And he said, yeah, unfortunately I can't do them <laughs> because he had, they had a non-compete clause with uh, the people he was going to go to work for. Uh. So I figured that was the end of that. And then a couple of weeks later, I get a, an email from Ed saying, Hey, I understand you're, you like Halo. You want to write some books? <laughs> can't get so more straightforward. That's kind that. of how I got involved with that writing. <laughs> that's lovely. Um, just, you know, having to mention to a friend that I thought it was a kind of neat prop property. And I, I hadn't come into Halo through the gaming aspect. I'm, I'm, I have one of those personalities where if I sit down and start to game, you know, I don't stop for two weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, my wife comes down and says, are you still alive? <laughs> so I, I don't do a lot of video. So, so I hadn't um, been doing any Halo video gaming. I just kind of come into the world through Karen's books and, and, started reading the 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 lore mm -hmm. the, the novels that's and enjoying them and yeah so that's when um ed called me up and or, or you know sent me an email and said would you like to write some and i was happened to be kind of in a transition period and i thought yeah sure we'll give it a try <laughs> that's so, so cool you know we, we yeah i love we, that. we set it up and yeah. <laughs> well, last time we spoke uh, was, it was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was. That was it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. There's a slight connection thing. Um, yeah. So uh, way back when we first chatted, we chatted all the way back at HCS, and I kind of wanted to to know about how your experience was there. Was that your first time interacting with uh, Halo fans in person, or was that uh, just another step into a nerdy crowd for you to talk <laughs> to? Um, well, it was my third time at a Halo specific event. Mm -hmm. um, it was I'd gone to two of the outposts. Which one? The, which ones did you go to? The Halo outposts that they did a couple of. I went to Anaheim and I guess it was Chicago. We were in Chicago. We were in Chicago. <laughs> That's why I asked. We were at, me, uh, me, Austin, and James yeah. were at the one in Chicago. Yep. Yeah. So yep. I went to those um, first. Those are the first two, and I, you know they were pretty exciting. I I really enjoyed them. Um, I really enjoyed getting to know the the fans because I was, you know, I had had an impression of of the Halo fan as being, you know, kind of a a typical gamer geek. The guy who who um, 
tends to, you know, spend all of his time alone at his computer interacting with um, the other people that are, you know, playing Halo with him. But what I was really surprised at is the families that I saw there, mm-hmm. you know, like their grandmother and her grandson who had connected over Halo. Uh, a lot of people who, you know, that, that was how they kind of connected with each other. So, yeah. Um, huh. I was really impressed with, with what a family sport it was. <laughs> No, it gets it gets it's loud. Golf has nothing on Halo. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> James is our our resident uh, golf guy. Yeah, I haven't golfed in two years though. Oh, <laughs> I, I I don't have anyone to go with me. I don't like golfing alone. I mean, it's peaceful, but you know, can't brag about my score by myself. I go to Top Golf and manage to embarrass myself, let alone actual golf. <laughs> I've golfed once in my lifetime, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. It, our our world is is gaming for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, which on that subject, actually, uh, you had mentioned before that you had either you were still going through or you had just finished uh, Halo Five Guardians. Uh, was that correct? Um, I had finished it. Um, well, shortly after it came out. Okay. Okay. So oh, I think you were I playing it again. Through, then I don't, I don't remember what it was. I. Had, yeah, but I haven't played it re- recently for a while. Mm. I, I haven't downloaded, I haven't updated my Xbox <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I used to, we just got fiber optic um, internet out where I live. Yeah. So before that, it used to take me like 18, 20 hours to update my Xbox. <laughs> Jeez. So oh my gosh. It and then I play all the games, you know, the latest release. And then it would be like, oh, I'd sit down to play a game and I'm waiting two hours for the Xbox to update. And it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, it sounds like but, my connection. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I haven't I haven't played anything since since I haven't played Infinite yet. Oh, OK. Um, for, for example, but I have. Um, yeah, it was the last one I actually played. But I've, I've got to dig out the Xbox. <laughs> my problem now is my TV that I used to play it on, mm-hmm. it got broken. Oh. It just wore out. So now I have to go get a TV that my <laughs> wife isn't using to play. <laughs> to my Halo Xbox for two weeks. So, I love so that. So I can disappear into my, into my alternate world. You know? <laughs> I mean, in the alternate world. It's that- I mean, that is true. I mean, it's not just it's not just a game for you. This is straight up a universe you've contributed to, which was actually something that I wanted to sort of uh, sort of touch on a little bit Um, with your with your works. Is it is it at all like would you say it would be more fun and and or difficult to write an original work versus adding to a universe that's already established. Cause I would imagine that adding to a universe would be the most nerve wracking thing in the world <laughs> because you would have to match so many things, match so much it's, information. It's, yeah. I think it depends on what kind of writer you are and how much confidence you have. Mm. If, if you don't have a lot of confidence when you come in to write for a tie in world, there's there's so many other people that that have to have input into what you're doing, and you know when you're when you're a writer you just you're laying your your 
guts out on the table for everybody to have a look at. <laughs> and if you're not used to that process and you're not confident in what you're doing, um, when they start saying, oh, you know, that appendix looks like it's swollen and, and way too messy, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, you've got an inflamed pancreas, <laughs> then they get a little bit offended and you can't take it. There's a lot of writers that, that don't write tie-in because of that. But yep. what I really love about it is is the collaboration. I mean, when I when I sit down to write a, a table model, I will, you know, so they'll give me a, some parameters and I'll write up a list of what I think I want to do. And then we'll send it off um, to Ed and then to Jeff. And... Um, it used to be Jeremy. Um, now it's Alex. Mm-hmm. They look at it and then they'll say, "Oh yeah, this is cool. This is cool. How about we add this kind of thing?" And usually, what they're adding and suggesting is really, you know, it's it's another. It, it just lifts the story up another level. Mm-hmm. And you 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 look at it and say, "Oh yeah, that's great." But if you don't have the confidence and the experience to be able to realize that, that your baby isn't perfect, you know, the minute you just lay it on the table, then when people start messing with it and then suggesting different things, you know, different ways to do stuff, you feel like um, they're telling you that, that what you did isn't really, isn't really good enough, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you have to learn that that's not, not the case. It's just that everybody brings something more to, to the table, um, different perspective, a different set of knowledge. I mean, half the time, what they're adding to the story is stuff that I wouldn't know about because it hasn't been printed anywhere yet. It hasn't been published. Nobody knows about it except the people who are in-house. Yeah. So when they say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this cool thing, why don't you pull that? You know, then it's like, oh, yeah, that is cool. It really does fit. So, so I enjoy writing in the tie-in universe because of that um you know on the but it is a little harder it's a little more difficult because yeah. you're not free to fall off in any direction you want to you know you, you may say oh i think this would be really cool to explore and stuff but because of what's happening in the in the larger universe or what they need you to accomplish with this book you can both have to yeah and that's all part of the process mm-hmm. it's, you really have to learn to be a team team player when you when you write in a tie-in world well you guys have been doing a fantastic job most of my life <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. I mean, especially um, Alex Wakeford. He's a he's sort of new to the team, but uh, you've said yourself you've seen this transition. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's a fun guy to work with. He seems like he's really entertaining, especially with those voices that he'll do when he's trying to read off of an excerpt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is fun to work with. He is, um, and it, he's. Um, I think it's it's a little. I'm not sure how he works since he's in in England, mm-hmm. and you know I, I can only imagine he gets up at, at midnight to to, to <laughs> work with the people in Seattle. Um, 
but he adds a lot to the to the to the story. He brings a different perspective. Um, it's nice to you know to have somebody um, from a from a different country contributing too. You know. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's absolutely lovely. Your t- the team that you've gotten to work with has undoubtedly written incredible stuff, and and all of your work has definitely gone in a fantastic direction. Which, speaking of your work, I think it's about time that we actually get down to the brass tacks and talk about Outcasts because, I mean, what a story! <laughs> I mean, we're talking like a race against the clock. We're talking multiple factions all going against each other again for one goal. A bunch of different players, a couple returning characters. There's all sorts of stuff that that comes up in Outcasts, and it's sort of a great story, especially for someone who has read stories like Oblivion and Silent Storm. Um, I know me personally, I kind of freaked out when I saw Kevarosi came back. I actually kind of lost it a little bit because he was so cool, and I was happy that he actually made it in. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun to include. Yeah, so uh, when we're going into outcast i actually do really want to know uh when you were going in to write the arbiter and you're writing in all these other sanghealy characters and you're trying to not and not just add to this culture but also structure it out build it out make it more robust than what we saw even in maybe halo 5 uh i i do really want to know if sanghealy is like one of those species this is like top tier for you if it's something that's like of all these species that you've gotten to work with if sanghealy has been an entertaining culture to work with and expand upon i i love all my species (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah you know it's 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 hard um it's hard to actually pick a fun one you know <laughs> pick a favorite one um because when i started out uh with the ferret series i was working with with um caster mm-hmm. primarily yep. who, who of course is rohani and he was the first the first character that i had a good um opportunity who was an alien in the in the halo universe mm-hmm. to actually spend some time with and so I, I wrote him as, as being an interesting Durohan character mm-hmm. based on what I knew about him. And the Sanghealy, I didn't really get to play with until a little bit later. And I think I, in my second and third book, I, I got to play with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was... There, it's always interesting to take what's been done with characters, you know, because beforehand, and then kind of ask yourself, okay, why, why are they this way? Mm-hmm. Why did somebody write them this way? And what can I do to build on that, but at the same time make it my own? Right. You know, so I always go to. Um, when I'm writing a character, first of all, the villain, Caster is technically a villain, but I always um, try to write the villains as though they're heroes. Mm-hmm. So that when I'm in their perspective writing them, I'm writing them as though they're the heroes. And I think that that helps me understand who they are and give them realistic motivations and make them act in a you know they they're not 
idiots doing something just because the hero needs them to, to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're actually trying to accomplish their own goals. And I think when you try to look at your your characters from that ass from that angle and get inside the skin and, and understand why they're doing what they're doing and that they do it as noble in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it easier to write them as a three-dimensional character. So, so I guess, I mean, I did enjoy, to get back to your question, I kind of veered away, but to get back to your question, <laughs> I really did enjoy writing the Sanghealy um, uh, characters mm-hmm. because I did. I said this in an interview somewhere, but you know everybody views Sangheili as these very strictly honor-bound characters. You know they they have this code of honor mm-hmm. that they really don't like to violate, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you know anything about um, anthropology and stuff, you would know that like warrior races don't develop a code of honor. Unless it's necessary, because nobody has had any honor beforehand, mm. you know they were backstabbing each other and stuff. And so, <laughs> what you have to realize about the Sanghili is that that code of honor is is kind of an overcoat that's that's hiding what's really underneath. Mm. And when I wrote the the arbiter, I made him the the guy who sees that and understands that and knows how to deal with it. And then some of the people who were the, the Sanghili that he was dealing with who weren't quite so honor, you know, honorable. I mean, it's like, yeah, these are the guys, these are the reasons you need a code of honor. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a code of honor, they're all gonna stab you back the first time they get a chance. So that that was to me a lot of fun about writing writing Sanghili. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you're you're just writing along and you know something about their society that seems kind of cool and then you you you, you kind of get an idea that builds off that and you get to play with it and, and you know like to go with it, like the trysting eggs that we put in there <laughs> um, where the females send the male a secret trysting note mm-hmm. that they want to trist and you know that turns out that that's a message that uh that comes across um that's just one of those things that oh, i need something to happen here i need this thing to happen how would they do it mm-hmm. and you get to play with that a little bit and that's always fun love it love it i i do really love how you approach that with making the villains their a hero in their own right as well uh just thinking back to cavarossi again uh, him and his crowd, how they would they would do anything for their gods. They would they would go against the arbiter himself because he's clearly gone out of his mind. I mean, he's allowing female kaidons. Who does that? <laughs> you know, he's doing all sorts of stuff that would be considered yeah. absolutely terrible. Uh, and Cavarossi is willing to fight and die for for his beliefs, and it makes it so that it made it so much more interesting with him as a character because this wasn't just a dude who's evil for the sake of being evil. You're, you're seeing how him and his people all consider him to be a character that is doing something that is good by his own right. Uh, one could even find him, find themselves siding with him on certain things. So I absolutely love how you wrote him, but uh, on the same note, I do also love how you wrote, um, 
Ayumu, the Oath yeah, Warden. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I, I also do love how you wrote Ayumu, the, the Oath Warden, because, you know, you're talking about honor. And I mean, he thinks everybody has a shallow, <laughs> a shallow way of looking at honor. So yeah. I just I love how you wrote these characters. They all have such yeah. unique stuff that goes so far beyond what we have yeah. known the elites to be, which is all, you know, the the deep voiced honor bound sort of species. <laughs> I mean, I think the Oath Warden is just the realest one amongst them. Yeah. <laughs> most realistic thinker yeah the oath warden is to me the pure saying healy he's he's the guy who gets down to the you know he's the guy who who kind of lets you know why you need a code of honor (laughs) (laughs) before they had one they were all Mm -hmm. well when i was reading i like i could really see that like line of thinking in your writing because even the arbiter's own kaidons like the entire time I, they had me tense because I could feel they're just oh they they they're just not sure about the way the arbiter goes about things and if it weren't for the honor code they probably would have overthrown him by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And even with the honor code, they they've tried a couple of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old, uh, good old classic, you know, assassination replacement style. <laughs> uh, it's got to get that concert of worlds, which I love that concept. We were going to talk about to talk about that next. I was going to be like, okay, so we're stepping into the actual book content. So whoever's listening right now, if you haven't read this book, you need to stop right now and go read it. Find it on Audible. Do whatever it is you got to do. Find the freaking book. It's so good. Um, so moving forward, concert of worlds. How many different terms did you have to go through to get to that genius way of putting together the way the Arbiter would see a conglomeration of species against Cortana? Um, probably like two, two different terms. I, I called it a, a confederacy in the outline. Mm. And I'm not sure. I think it was either J- Jeff um, or um, Jeremy came back and said, no, no, they wouldn't call it that. They'd call it a concert of worlds. So mm. you know, that came from 343, and I just adapted it, you know, lifted it, and was glad playing credit. That's so, lovely. That's lovely. Oh, man. I just, I the whole term, that it's just, it's yeah. such a lovely way of seeing how the Arbiter would see how the, how unity really is. It's a, it's a beautiful way of seeing it. I, <laughs> I couldn't help myself, but every time he said concert yeah, worlds in the book, I, I kind of would really... picture him like raising his hands in the air and just like holding <laughs> the world. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very preachy term, but I think that's kind of, I think that kind of works for what the Arbiter's <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> and I feel like it yeah. gets pointed out several yeah, times Arbiter... by other characters that is a bit naive, but like that's his dream. Yeah, yeah, he is a. He is a bit preachy and, and <laughs> naive, I think, as Atriox points out at the end, um, mm-hmm. in his view of how um, the conglomeration of worlds is really going to work. Yep. Hey there, Halo fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and now in this story, uh, I'm going to be kind of jumping around a little bit just because I have so many different things that I've been curious about. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I was reading it again today and I had, uh, I had my notes out and I just found myself getting scatterbrained, just writing out as many things as I could possibly think of because there's so many things I'd gotten curious about. Um, for for one thing, I noticed that you you make several references to uh, both a game and to a specific audio drama. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if uh, if I'm noticing it correctly, but in chapter three, there's mention of a rogue journalist. And I'm kind of wondering if that was a nod to hunt the truth with Benjamin Durow. Oh, I can't remember the reference. It could, it could well be a, a <laughs> nod to it. I do have the book somewhere because near us over there. Obviously, no hunt the truth. So. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. I was very excited when it was mentioned because I'm like, I don't know any other rogue journalists <laughs> in, in Halo's story. So if yeah. this is Ben, that's fantastic. Because <laughs> the context, uh, if, it, if it helps, uh, basically they were talking about when the secrets of the Spartan 2s were leaked and it was Benjamin Giroux who had done that, that, that rogue journalist who leaked the secrets of the yeah. Spartans. Um. So when when that was brought yeah, up, with so it probably was a direct reference. Yeah, it's it's yeah. lovely. I can't remember all of those, those little details. <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe this one will be a little bit uh, a little bit easier to grab at. I don't know if you've played these games or if this was something that uh, that was just sort of in the notes somewhere. But at some point, there's a reference that that uh, not Atriox, but one of his underlings makes about what happened with Voridus on High Charity on the Ark uh, with the flood encounter. And uh, yeah, yeah, I I um I played that game, Ooh. and I I think that was probably yeah probably all my idea. <laughs> we had um when we had talked about it uh about in, including nature including matrix mm-hmm. um I don't remember if they actually said bring that up or not but but when you you talk about atriox if you go back to shadows of reach um and then you know go back to the, the game mm-hmm. you, you obviously know that they were some wonderful characters to explore um they, they were i had a lot of fun with with the pair um, i really did enjoy them <laughs> because you know i typically have written jirohani as, as so you know powerful and and mm-hmm. you know fierce viking like culture and 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 you know and then you got these two screw ups <laughs> one of them's like like your essential and the other one's like oh my god stop doing it kind of, you know, brother just is like if you were my brother you'd be so yep it's it's so it's so accurate it's so good um 
but on the topic of of characters, uh, I wanted to to know uh, you have multiple characters show up from your previous works. I have already brought up uh, Cavarossi, but you also have uh, Roselle, who is now Rose, and uh the these characters show back up and i wanted to know was this something that you had planned or was this just oh wait i'm going to be taking them back to netherop maybe i can bring this back well with roselle um what happened was i had written it without without bringing her into the story mm-hmm. i had just kind of written it where where when when they first came to me and said we want to want you to do the initial thing they said to me was we want you to do a, a book with the Arter and Vale where they team up and you know just find some reason for this to happen and you when you one thing that editors should probably have learned by now is like when you give me an open uh, field like that I'm going to run. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. And there are there any other restrictions? And they they were foolish enough to say no. <laughs> and so I said, okay, we're going back to another. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just had to go so that we could go back to another because I've been dying to go back to Netherop since I stranded Kavorsi mm-hmm. um, there with uh, oh, name is escaping me the human <laughs> years ago, you know. But I've been um, uh, just uh, wanting to go back to Netherop and explore what had happened to them thirty years, you know, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. and what they've been doing since then. And so they, when I wrote the deadline, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good." Now I'm not going to put any tracks in it. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, tracks has to be in it too. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you just got to open up the so, entire toy chest. <laughs> so we got all these characters in there, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got more characters in here, more big characters, and I really know what to do with them. Right? <laughs> and I'm writing all of them, writing all of them, and I got them in, and packed them in, and it actually kind of makes sense. And I'm, I'm writing through it, and I get about, I don't know, halfway through it, maybe a little bit more, <clears throat> and I'm like, it just doesn't feel right to be on Netherop without Roselle, mm. you know, and the castoffs, um, the other castoffs. Um, and I was like, I'm going to have to bring her back in. Mm-hmm. And then I had my heart surgery. <laughs> so yes. I was like, I had just decided to do that when I found out, oh, wait a minute, you have to take four or five months off to go do, have a heart surgery. <laughs> so, so we did it. And I went. Um, had the heart surgery, had a um, one night. I I was uh, in. The, I've been in the hospital for I don't know seven or eight nights, and I was I was having trouble with something called orthostatic hypertension, which is where whenever you stand up, you get dizzy and pass out. Mm, so okay, just struggling with this, and I could feel that I was going in the wrong direction. You know, I was getting weaker instead of stronger. I was like, man, this, this is not right. And that night I, I fell asleep and then, you know, the, you're on all kinds of oxy and um, <laughs> um, opioids and stuff to help you deal with the pain. So I had this vision, which actually turned into be chapter 17 of the outcasts <laughs> where 
I was like everybody's all at once kind of thing. Right. And and you know, kind of these voices telling me, you have to decide, you have to, you know, choose. And so it was like the next morning I got up and it was like, okay, I'm gonna deal with this problem. And you know, my orthostatic hypertension problem. And the way I'm gonna deal with it is in the mornings I would usually not be quite as bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm gonna go take this walk and start doing these exercises that I need to do. And if you can have the, the people who are supposed to be there with me to make sure I don't fall on my butt <laughs> there at that time, great. But if not, I'm all in for that all myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they said, oh, no, we'll have somebody there. You know, I got up and I said, all right, I feel good. I'm going. And like 10 minutes later, the person who needed to be there was, was there with me. And then I was out of the hospital two days later. So... Um, when I got back, I had kind of had this vision that, of Roselle doing what I did that time. So that she ended up in the story in doing what she um, did, where she in where she has the the vision with the voices. Yep. Yep. I, I was utterly fascinated by that because I remember you yeah. first explaining that that situation with Roselle and and her condition uh, way back at HCS, and I remember thinking. What kind of uh, what kind of guy goes through something like that and thinks I'm inspired <laughs> and, and goes and writes a, a wonderfully compelling aspect of a character using the struggles that they had gone through? It was utterly it was utterly impressive to me. Uh, I I had absolutely adored that because that's oh. it's just it's it's so impressive the fact that you just kind of went and did that. I I have I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of it was one of those things where you you know you had this out of body experience is what it really felt like, mm-hmm. and then I wake up the next day and I do that, and when I get back home and I'm you know starting to write again, um, it was probably took me a couple of months before I could sit at the table mm-hmm. or at the desk and and work for an hour, but it was like yeah yeah, and I was the more I was thinking about Roselle, it was like yeah. That's going in the book, and that's you know that's what Odell uh, is is going to be dealing with. Um, I think I had decided before I went into the hospital that she had had this prion disease, mm-hmm. and um, I decided after I came out of the hospital that she was cured of it mm. um, by the voices. So yeah, yeah, super super good. I I loved it. It was a it was a lovely little piece. It was lovely. Um, other character that returns that I really wanted to talk about because she was awesome. That would be Petrov. Uh, it returns, it makes it makes a comeback. Yeah. A very shocking, sudden one, uh, especially given how you know Arbiter pulls up and thinks everything is fine, and all of a sudden gets jumped. Basically, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. Think- she was a uh, <clears throat> she was a fun character to write. Um, the first time and then when I brought her back it was just like you know you've, you've got the the <clears throat> image of the the Sangheili in their own minds especially being these tough really ferocious warriors mm. and all the equipment and stuff and for them to discover that they've been you know have their asses kicked by a bunch of guys with <laughs> sticks and clubs 
um, human skinny guys. <laughs> you know, I, I thought that that was both what would happen and um, and appropriate because you know, that's that's when you get your butt there. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was hilarious. It was such a fun time, especially since I mean I love Petrov. Petrov was fantastic in uh in that story, and I was so excited that she came back. I was excited that Kevrosi came back. I was I was actually a smaller thing, but I I recognized it and I knew that it was something that was important. So I went back and referenced it. Uh, Grim, uh, Mama Bear. <laughs> when that character's there and it's uh yeah. and, and she's a she's a daughter of um oh, what's her name it's it's something another bear it, <laughs> it, there was small bear yeah yeah small bear that was small it bear, her mom was small bear yes and and i was so excited because i was sitting there because like because it was just exciting to me because uh i loved the black daggers they were a fantastic inclusion but that's just that's me that's a guy who has an unhealthy obsession with the odsts and how they operate and so getting to have a very very yeah. excellent story about them that has them going hey (laughs) yes for everyone who can't see it he has a whole shirt that has a rookie from odst playing the sax (laughs) we saw that same shirt a few times at a outpost discovery maybe he was one of them we could have looked right (laughs) we could have looked right at him and not known it was him oh gosh it's so lovely it's so hilarious i love that uh, so yeah, seeing the Black Daggers return, I love them so much. Uh, they they had so much character, and I I loved that at least one of them was a, a recognizable member was still around. <laughs> I was so down for that. Um, yeah. now going back to uh, the the Oath Wardens, I, well, I actually, the daughter of a, a oh yeah. sorry, what was that? Yeah. Oh, I was saying um, that um, Grim Bear was actually the daughter of one of the Black Daggers. That, that she wasn't i don't think she was a black dagger herself yeah that, that's what i meant it's like not really like because them i think the black daggers yeah. for the most part are kind of they kind of uh got the short end of the stick during that operation <laughs> yeah they did <laughs> great story though great book all of you should read that <laughs> um so i do want to go back to the oath wardens just because they were and he wasn't a fantastic inclusion uh, I, I love it anytime that there's an addition to the uh, the singhili structure, how they operate. It's sort of the, uh, the same way. I don't know if you've gone too much into how we are right now, like where we are right now with story, but uh, Jega Ardomni, uh in Halo Infinite, who is uh, who is an aristocrat. And so now we have aristocrat Singhili. And so uh, having all these different expansions and then seeing the oath wardens basically kind of be their own warrior. I, I don't know if, if a cult is the right word for it, but a warrior culture of sorts. Uh, I mean, he's walking confidently into a, into a meeting with the arbiter, no weapons. And he's like, I'm leaving on my own terms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess they're, they're based on, bounty hunters but they're they're so much more than a bounty hunter mm-hmm. so you know i mean being a bounty hunter you have to be willing to walk into some pretty rough places on your own and and do some pretty scary <laughs> stuff and so that's part of the old warden um culture but but they've got 
a little bit more going on with them. I mean, yeah. They have a few tricks. Up I, was, I was wondering if it was something that was, uh, since you had worked on Star Wars in the past and you had written some fantastic stories for that franchise, I was kind of wondering if going into the Oath Wardens, if that was influenced by writing, say you'd done uh, alongside in the same universe that has Bounty Hunters. Um, I myself have not gotten the, the honor of reading them, so I don't know if Bounty Hunters show up in them. But if they had, is that something that you think fed into the creation of the Oath Warden? Well, not consciously. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it might have, you know, been some sort of unconscious thing. I mean, you know, because obviously I wrote <clears throat> um, Bola Buffett in, in, in a couple of small scenes. Mm -hmm. So he is part of my writing past, but but I don't remember thinking, oh, I think it would be cool to put a Star Wars bounty hunter in Halo. Yeah. Um, I think it just felt to me that this was something that that this was a way that uh, a mechanism that they're saying he would naturally develop before dealing with all of their honor, you know, their, their honor code and their oaths and stuff. I mean, because obviously there are people that are that are betraying their oaths all the time, and there there are people that you know, Sangheili warriors that, that are going to make an oath they have no intention of keeping. And, and there's got to be a mechanism for for how do you deal with it. You know, and if you don't have a way to hire somebody to deal with it when the person who breaks his oath is is stronger and, and has more military might than you do, you're kind of screwed. You know, you just, you have nothing to do. So the, the both wardens kind of that equalizing um, a club that you can go and hire to like make somebody um, do what they promise. Mm -hmm. them pay if they, if they don't. <laughs> I so and it did seem to be that, that would be a natural part of, of their whole um, honor culture. Mm -hmm. And I really like the uh kind of dynamic that Oath Wardens have in Sangheili culture because I mean from the vibes I got is they're very important um for the species but also almost everyone else in Sangheili culture also has a very low opinion of them so I'm just <laughs> thinking of I'm just thinking it's like you hire one it's like okay go yeah. get my go get my oath sealed trash like <laughs> you filth like but you know, I'll pay you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I like the irony of that. I've always, <laughs> always enjoyed the irony of characters looking on their noses at people that that they need. Mm -hmm. Oh no, that's great. Yeah, and I I think there's I only have a couple more things that I do want to dive into because unfortunately we do have a limited time here. I wish I I wish I we didn't. I would I would be asking questions all night if I had my opportunity. <laughs> uh, I do want to know for fun. Uh, you have two two different characters, two different types of characters, and so I, I'd imagine that you have perhaps some thoughts on this. Who do you think would win? Let's say a Oath Warden was given the job of taking out a Silent Shadow. Do you think the Silent Shadow would come out on top or the Oath Warden? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. <clears throat> um, you know, it's like it's like the old saying that anybody can take out a black belt. 
as long as they do it on the first punch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be done with that. Is, is that whoever actually struck first is going to win because um, both of those warriors are are, are um, competent enough that they're going to give you a second chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. That's I mean that's probably a pretty fair way of putting it. Really, um, well, I feel like with Silent Shadow, they're very they're they're very stuck to the honor bound codes and uh oath wardens uh do not have such restrictions <laughs> um so i mean you just throw some poison gas in there is what an oath warden would do and you know boom payday <laughs> yeah well as, as long as that works the first time He's not going to feel restricted in how he responds. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, uh, the last thing that I that I yeah. really wanted to touch on, the last thing I really wanted to I- identify and address in this book is probably actually my favorite part of the whole story. And it's something that I personally have wanted for a very, very long time. And you actually fulfilled this desire with this story. The opportunity to have modern day humans, modern day Sangheili run into the beginning of the war humans and beginning of the war covenant Sangheili. You have Petrov who does not believe for it for a single second that the covenant is actually gone. You have Kevorosi that does not believe for a single second that this isn't just some human trick that they, that somehow they've gotten together. And if they have, that it's horrible. And even more so you can see how our understanding of the story has changed. Cause Petrov is just completely mind blown by the domain, by the presence of the forerunners. Like she has no idea how to take any of that. And it's like, well, nowadays it's just normal, but comparing it to, let's say, let's say with us, if we were kids, if I was telling my child self about all the stuff that halo has become, it would be mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, th- that's really true. And you know that living in the time we do, um, I can I can see it in my own life. I mean, I was born before we had computers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I well maybe not technically room <laughs> size things, but you know, I'm, I I was born in in 1958, and the first computer I ever remember using was when I was. Probably a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. We did it with chicken. It was just a, a terminal that was attached to the, the main that communicated over the phone to a computer down the hill in, in Golden, Colorado, at the Colorado Mines School of Mines. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was what computer was when I was in high school. And and you know, the idea that that I carry around in my pocket more computing power than it took to get us to the moon. <laughs> um, you know, you just, you have no idea. I mean, it's, it's like the Dick, when I was a kid, the Dick Tracy watch, mm-hmm. you know, I'm wearing a Dick Tracy watch. It's just like <laughs> all of the stuff that, that was science fiction is just unbelievably, you know, it's happening. And, um, you know, the nanotech, all of the stuff, I'm constantly amazed especially when I read, read Halo, you know, the first time I read Halo, I was like, you know, some of this stuff is really pretty far out, you know, these long bridges <laughs> and, 
and stuff is just you know it's like fantasy and then i started to research <clears throat> um read books about the future and what kind of technology they really expect to have happening you know in the next 50 years and i'm realizing it's too conservative i mean halo is probably much more conservative than what will really be in 500 years. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that we'll have faster than light travel. I'm pretty <laughs> darn sure we're going to have nanotech and, and, and stuff that we just, you know, that's just going to blow our minds now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you will see things because um, I think you're younger than I am. <laughs> but you might be I right. think by the time I'm gone, you know, it's going to be pretty amazing what the difference is between when I'm gone and, and what you live to see, live to see. Mm. I mean, there, if you read, if you read the futurists and believe them, you might not actually have a biological clock that, that places a limit on your, your, your aging mechanism. They might've figured out how to stop that. You know, mm-hmm. your, your DNA might stop, you know, those little tails that get clipped off and make you age. They might be able to reverse that. (laughs) It's it's going to be, you know, the life is just going to be so different fifty years from now. Mm -hmm. Assuming we get past global warming, (laughs) that that little little thing. But yeah, but it's it's amazing to me. You know, I I I just every time I read read Halo and I, I see something that that seems so far out there and, and and so you know a little bit crazy and it's like no that'll probably happen <laughs> well it was it was one of the most fascinating parts about that book to read and i'm so happy that you were able to include it because it was it was just a fascinating read um but with all that being said i do have one more thing that uh it's sort of a fun question because it was also one of my favorite parts of the novel this made james and i both laugh you already know what i'm talking about probably uh I, we'll get there. You'll you'll understand. <laughs> so I know, I know, I, I know. Yeah, you're about to talk yeah. about. I had a question. Oh, you have a question? Ask it, please. This is related to what you were going to talk. Oh, about. okay. Then I'll, we'll get there. Uh, so first of all, way back at HCS, uh, I had gotten a chance to get in that line to get stuff signed uh, by Keith David, Jen Taylor, and Steve Downs, and I had Keith David sign my copy of Outcasts. And uh, when I had done that, uh, I decided to ask him. Uh, if the arbiter would have liked jazz and, and cause Keith does jazz and he does it very well. And he, he claimed, and Steve leaned over and said, well, yeah. Oh. And then Keith, Keith confirmed that he would play the saxophone. Now I'm wondering uh, now that he's that obviously physically possible <laughs> uh, now that this is all down to earth. Now I'm wondering, do you think there, there's some sort of, unwritten scene somewhere where Vale has to explain to the Arbiter who Sauron is <laughs> and, and why he's not as big of a threat as he may believe. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I think that that's something that Vale would just hold in her hip pocket <laughs> and never ever explain to him. <laughs> See, I, I guess I didn't she more probably, ha- you know, let him wonder about that for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it was for me, it was not much of a question. It was more of a statement. And I just wanted to thank you for endearing moments like that with the Arbiter. <laughs> uh, because his his internal monologues are so funny when he's like, because he's just so earnest about this Sauron. That sounds like such a great threat. I hope I hope the humans didn't create him too. <laughs> yes. And, and Arbiter is James's favorite character in Halo by far. Yeah. Not even close. So when Outcast came out and we both saw, wait, Arbiter's a main character? Oh, he was all over it. <laughs> I finished on. the book first and that never happens. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> not only that, you read it in one day. Well, it, yeah. was, it, was, it was a big privilege to write him out it's um a couple of times one time when i found out i was going to write the master chief um ed just sent me he said i've got news for you and then he just sent me a picture of the master chief's helmet mm -hmm. and in in an email and and i didn't get it i was like <laughs> all right he's got good news for me and it's like, what was he trying to tell me <laughs> and then it finally dawned on me uh, it's the master chief <laughs> so so that that was cool. and then then they said hey we want you to write um you know the bad news is we don't get you don't get to write anymore not anymore but the next book isn't going to be um, blue team and it isn't going to be the ferrets and stuff mm -hmm. and then it was like the good news is it's going to be a certain sanghealy and i was like <laughs> Yeah, which one? <laughs> it took me a, a, a couple of minutes to, to figure out that by a certain saying Healy, they meant the. Why can't they just tell you straight up? That sounds frustrating. <laughs> I know, I know. It's always they, they they make me play these guessing games. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's just a well, sir, it's it's been a fantastic story. It's it was a lovely thing that you're able to write. I am curious though, before we wrap up, uh, how was 2024 looking for you? Is there anything that's that's not that you have to tell us per per se, but is there anything that that you're working on this year that you're particularly excited about? Um, I'm working on something. It's not Halo, mm. but I am excited about it. Okay, so. Yeah. Sweet. We'll take um, that. We'll take that. Yeah. But I, can't, I can't talk about it yet. <laughs> of course. No. And, and, and plus, you know, it, yeah. it will just take the excuse, you know, oh, that's not Halo related. Oh, I guess we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sir, it has been an absolute honor. It has been a pleasure. It has been a great time. Uh, I am going to read your book again. <laughs> and I I promise that if we ever get an opportunity to have you back on, uh, I will have read uh, The Ferrets. <laughs> and so then I'm not left uninformed because I, I feel terrible. I want to have them read. It sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah. The ferrets were. <clears throat> I've I've really enjoyed writing the ferrets, and you know they're kind of they're special to me because um, I was able to bring those those characters into the universe mm -hmm. cold. You know they were they were kind of um, something that I didn't have um, something I was able to to introduce to the universe. Yeah, completely cold rather than just. 
amplifying what they've already well, done. Well, I'm I'm already sold then, so that that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'll read them. <laughs> I already have. I actually have them on a shelf right over here to the left. So I have them. Okay. They're here in in physical form. So I'm gonna read them. Uh, I promise. I <laughs> I just gotta get to it. Okay. Cool. But. Cool. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us again. Uh, and I hope that the rest of your evening is well. I hope that you get plenty of time to rest. Uh, we are going to be heading out. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us again, sir. Uh, uh hopefully we'll see it you with your okay. next writing. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Hey there, Halo fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. We just interviewed Troy Denning. We're still on the air. You guys did. <laughs> you guys did a good job. Here's the thing. Like, I wanted to chime in, but, like, I couldn't say anything without feeling, like, completely stupid because I'm not, I, the only, like, Shadows of Reach interests me, but, like, I, I am just simply not a book guy. Read, mother. I know, I, I know, maybe at the beginning of the interview, we should have framed you guys as had not read any of his books. So Uninformed, way, any, but willing to learn. <laughs> so, so that way, like, you, as it would always. have maybe felt more free to chime in because, like, Obviously well, I didn't feel I didn't, I didn't feel like I couldn't. Yeah, I just didn't want to because I. I mean, it's not not that okay, not that I didn't want to. It's just I felt like you guys were asking like genuine, like educated questions, like. <laughs> so how long have you been writing books? I was like, that's, the, that's that's the extent of the questions I would ask. So I'm just like I'm just gonna let James and Austin take this one. I had one question I wanted to ask, and Austin, you basically asked it for me. I sat here. I'm like, well. There goes anything I could say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was the question that you were going to ask? It was somewhat along the lines of adapting uh, a novel into a video game or no, mm. vice versa. Yeah, what, uh, that was my like, which one is worse, original writing or in-universe writing. That's a good <laughs> you basically threw both. that down. I'm like, there's anything I could say. Like on one See, hand, like, it didn't like, work every time, but anytime I wanted to chime in, I'd just kind of stare at Austin and go, uh-huh. And it worked. It worked half the time. Yeah, the not, other half you didn't notice me. Not, not that I didn't <laughs> you, you want to. Just, you should just tap me on my leg. You know that Whoa. would have probably been a better idea. Probably. But also the other time there was such a delay, I was scared of interrupting him. <laughs> yeah, because dude, he uh, that the connection is was choppy. It was not. It was not me. No, I, 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 I want to make that clear. I had a feeling it was him when he was talking about his terrible Wi-Fi at the start of the interview. So I'm like, yeah, that checks out. But now he's got Ethernet for his Xbox, and you know, the praise be. But what? <laughs> What a guy. Praise what a fantastic what a man. He looks like an author. He, yeah. I mean, that's the most I, complimentary way possible. For real, though, when, when I, I was never on, saw what he looked like. like. The first, <laughs> you, 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 had, you had him pulled up on Halopedia. You scrolled right by him. I don't even think you realized it was him. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first 25 minutes, I was on Halopedia just reading about Shadows of Reach and, other, and all of his other books. And I'm like, you guys were just going. I'm like, okay, like and not, and not, anything I could ask, you guys are going to cover with like 30 times more depth. So I'm like, I'm just going to you know, a, ch a, a chime in with an occasional giggle. Uh, I, I had wanted a to question talk to him about. I want to talk. I, I missed a question, dude. We we I was I was surprised how fast time was moving. You understand? We have been recording for an hour and ten minutes. Wow! Like we were late and everything. We still got <laughs> as much.
I feel bad. I wonder how long he was in the. Well, here's the thing. When he was, you, I, I checked the time when you said he was in the waiting room. It was six twenty-five. If he was there exactly at six, he was in there for almost a half hour waiting. He wasn't there exactly at six. Okay, I know that because I was sitting here until six ten, and there was no Troy has entered the room. So maybe <laughs> so fifteen, maybe fifteen minutes at Tops. most. It was fifteen. That's not terrible. No, that's not. He that didn't bad. seem too pressed. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, he did send me emails though. He was like, "Hey, I'm in the room. Where are you?" <laughs> no. <laughs> what time did he send the email? Uh, six seventeen. So he was only in there for like maybe seven minutes. Not even ten. Eight minutes. minutes. That's not yeah. bad. Well. You gotta think about the amount of time before he decided it's time to send an email. Yeah. And speaking of, I'm emailing him now. <laughs> I'd, say maybe, I'd say maybe 15. I'd say 15 minutes, give or take. It's not that big of a deal. Sorry, Mr. Denning. We love you. For real. You're such a good writer. <laughs> I, I wish I got to tell you about how good you write claustrophobic scenes. Huh? Because when they're in the tunnels on Nether, oh my gosh, literally like sitting there like like that. Yeah, no, (laughs) I get I get anxiety watching like there's some elites that get buried alive. Mm -hmm. I I get anxiety like watching like cave exploration videos on YouTube, and I'm like, why is this in my recommended? Like, I have a fear of like tight spaces just as much of height, like as heights. Shout out that one video that guy just filming himself stuck in a cave. Like, well. I think I bit off more than I could chew. It's like basically a goodbye video. <laughs> this got really dark. Uh, <laughs> horrifying. Wow. He was on Netherop, I guess. Yeah. We like to have fun here. <laughs> I I was I'm so happy that we got this. I'm so happy that I got this. Screw you guys. You I lived was, by the way. Yeah. I was happy to talk to Mr. Denning, dude. You probably saw me with my wide ass smile the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, your you know, yeah, your fucking leg wouldn't stop shaking. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was excited. My <laughs> microphone was literally going. Hey, but at least you can't hear the bouncing anymore. James, is oh come on, that's cheating. You're <laughs> tapping <laughs> off it. Huh? What was that? I was saying James is shaking his mic for those who can't see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so, maybe you can hear it. Uh huh. So, gentlemen. Mm. It's Q&A time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. I was not going to bring him into the Q&A <laughs> because we have some we can usually have some blindsiding. Oh, my gosh. Here's one now. Flyboy Pfeiffer asks, do people still believe in God in the Halo universe or is it an, is it an entire society of godless heathens? There are Lutherans on Harvest. Um, pretty sure uh, Hood mentions God as well. Yeah. Maybe it's just maybe it was just like. He says, God help us all like some at some point. But I mean, that didn't, doesn't necessarily mean much. Didn't Osiris um, think about saying a prayer? And then that's when Bugs I like, figured God, God can hear how scared I am. I am so can everyone else. <laughs> of course he can. He's God. <laughs> that, doesn't mean, that, that doesn't mean everyone else can. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to ignore the, the, the shitty writing of Halo But yes, I, I believe there is still there's still people who believe in God. I mean, we fight a whole race of enemies that believe in gods. Yeah. So why couldn't there be humans who still believe in God? Yep. And the, and there are on, well, there were on harvest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll touch on that more next week on Bible study. Uh, <laughs> featuring the library. <laughs> the lie Bible study. Oh, oh, I'm this says the Bible. <laughs> the, you question the words of the master chief. <laughs> oh Communist vermins uh, asks. <laughs> 
commie. Okay. Why is he a communist now? I don't know. Do you think there should be a game similar to Reach in which you're playing yes. as an elite against yes. a blue team? Yes. 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 Yep. Uh-huh. yes. yes. Moving on. All these games we covered that we co- wait, no, yes. we covered yeah, as you said, we covered this last week. If there's any type of like spin-off or additional content that adds to the lore in the history and the entire environment of Halo, the answer is gonna be a yes. Just don't ask. If you have an idea for a spin-off, just know we're all gonna say yes. Didn't we have like three questions like that last yeah. week? Yeah. And we were like, yes. What do you think, yes. of, a, yes. what do you think of a yes. game, but the elites have like, yes. yep. two yep. heads? Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Yep. Two, two heads? Yep. Two heads. Two heads? Two heads. Maybe maybe three. <laughs> Comrade Jespo Graham, what a great name, <laughs> asks, I don't know if this was covered earlier, but I just finished Ghost of Onyx and was wondering, did Kurt train Noble Team and Noble Six? It seems like he would have if he trained all the Spartan Threes, but because Noble Team's a little different, I was wondering if he actually did so. You're not tossing that over to me, Shane, are you? <laughs> no. Come on, answer the question. I believe in you, Shane. Listen, I will tell you if you're correct. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Fire it off. I'm waiting. No. <laughs> no. Listen, don't, don't let there be dead air. Answer the question. <laughs> I don't know. This is not a question. Listen, yes or no? No. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Wrong. You're totally so, wrong. So here's the thing. Kurt trained a lot of the Spartans. He's wrong. <laughs> that was terrible. Kurt He's wrong. quite a bit of the Spartan 3s, almost all of them. So yes, he did train more than likely a uh, noble team, except one, George, because he's a two. So Jorge. Yeah, Jorge. Mom. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Better get moving, Jorge. It's George. <laughs> it's I, George. Stop talking back to me, Jorge. <laughs> That would be something that Mendez would do. <laughs> Saiyan Rage Mobag at Yalin asks, depending on when this gets asked, but how the boys feeling about the Browns next year can also mention the Patriots, James. Have y'all been to a football or college game? I have been next question. to... I'll answer. <laughs> next question. Um, no, next question. <laughs> shut up. Oh, he said shut. The quarterback situation's fun. I'm cautiously optimistic. We had a great year, injured as hell. We're going to get healthier. We're going to get meaner. We got new offensive coordinator. <laughs> There's um, always next year. <laughs> I have been to, I have a uh, two and two record at Browns games that I've gone to. Um, And yeah, I, I don't know what you want me to say about the Patriots. Uh, they're going to, they're going to continue to blow. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, unless they start drafting actual players that aren't from no Youngstown Brady, State. No Belichick. You, you know, Patriots are kind of chalked for at least a little while. I think they'll actually get better next year. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's I mean, they set the bar pretty low, so it's just like <laughs> improvements, improvement. Yeah. I mean, we have no room to talk, but <laughs> lactating milk MT parentheses. Austin asks, what is the silent cartographer? I've heard that name go around a ton in Primordium, and I'm confused on who or what the book is referring to. Have you played Combat Evolved? <laughs> that is, that is in the first game. Yeah, it's there's a whole mission called the Silent. It's actually one of the most famous missions because it's great. Uh, the silent cartographer, my friend, is a map. It just shows you the topography and the map of the installation that it's on. That's why it's on all of the Halos, on Shield Worlds, on the Ark. It's everywhere. There's one on all of and it, Warner's fun mission. And it just so happens be quiet <laughs> thanks, thanks thanks connor, connor. <laughs> so, yeah. it, took you, it looked like it took you guys a second you're like what is he oh <laughs> saiyan rage momaga yellen comes back once again back at it again with saiyan rage asks 
How do you boys feel knowing this podcast has been the reason some people have gotten back to Halo? It warms Aww. my heart. Oh my gosh. That, that actually makes me happy. <laughs> oh man. Because I'm having trouble getting back into Halo myself right now, but I, it's good to know that we're making other people. I didn't think about that for a long time. What? <laughs> that we actually are doing that? Yeah. Oh gosh. It has crossed my mind um, on occasion while we've been doing this show. I'm like, yeah, there's probably people who are like actually coming back. Well, I forget who we had last week. He's like, I don't listen for the lore. I listen for your guy. I listen for your guys' banter. Who was that? <laughs> who did we have on last uh, week? That was Mass. Mass. Yeah. His name was just Yeah, I would love to have heard it. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> James you didn't, didn't have a We fixed it, gentlemen. That's why he could hear Mr. Denny. <laughs> oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I would have been like, Connor, give me your headset. Yeah, for real. <laughs> because, because it would have just been Austin monologuing. <laughs> yeah, and I can do that. Library episode one. Let's go. Season one. <laughs> hey, listen, guys. He talked a lot longer than I did. <laughs> I felt like, for the most part, it was equal. For You're the equal. most part. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we wrap up You're today, equal to or greater than, <laughs> we need to uh, we need to address and identify we and need to thank that we need to dress. <laughs> we need to dress. We need to say hello to our patrons and the Benjamin tier. We have <laughs> in, in the what <clears throat> the Benjamin. What'd you say? Verse of the Benjamin. <laughs> what, what In the say? $50 poet tier. What? How did you butcher it that bad? I like, I like Benjamin. We have... How did you... It was a joke, Shane. Dark Benjamin is slang for dab pen. Yeah, no, no sh Sherlock. I know that. That's why I was confused why you said it. I'm like, what? Dark Salad 42, Lactation of Regret slash Mr. Shifter, our $25 Fabulous Tears, Dick Hammerbush, it's, yeah! <laughs> it's default for fuck you. Dick Hammerbush! <laughs> Damn, you made you made him close. You made him close the window. Oh, black tailed gator. Say M. Cool. Okay, now we're on to the wordsmiths. I'm getting distracted by you folks. Cool Blaze, Kyle Hooley, Last On Reactions, Mo Maggot Yallin, Spartan Hibuko G156, and onto the Sonarists, we have Addy (parentheses criminal, <laughs> criminal, 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 Dylan. criminal). And Garrus Vicarian, Lactating Milk MT, LPU Soldier, and Mass the Merc 664, and Perplexed Panic, and Potassium, and Preacher, and Lactation of Mercy, and Vermin. And then in our $5 Bellatrix tier, we have Brennan Pfeiffer, Eliza, JX O'Malley, Keith, Geo77, Oddball here. And then in our Bards, you guys are awesome. You have Aussie ODST, Damian Groth, Dragon Eye, Drew Ledbetter, Hayden Hamilton, it's default 2.0. <laughs> to get the bard tier. <laughs> can he just Bro. upgrade? No, here's the thing. Bards get special treatment. But can he just... Uh, is bard... Bard is quite literally like it, you don't get the bard stuff unless you're a bard. Uh, it, there's like exclusive things that we give to... There's only 20 seats available. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say... Yeah. That's weird. That's <laughs> random as hell. No, nope, shows did. how informed I am on our Patreon. <laughs> you should give it a read. We have a lot of stuff we give these people. <laughs> my love. That goes to all tears. You have my love. <laughs> goes to all tears. <laughs> Jacob Adlam, Pity 104, Tyler Neal, Wraith X3TN, and then our $1 penman. We have Keegan and Ungoy Food Nipple, no longer alone. So, 
Thank you guys for being supporters. It helps us a lot. It helps us do things like talk to t- Troy Denny, <laughs> which is still blowing my mind that this is happening Couldn't have without you all. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you Couldn't all. Couldn't have done it without you all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so, folks. If you want to join our community, if you want to talk to Troy Denning, he's not in our Discord. You can go to Discord. Jumperscape. <laughs> <laughs> so he's uh, be cool if he was, but Discord.gg forward slash Jumperscape. He probably doesn't know how Discord works. No, probably not. But that's fine. It is. <laughs> I mean, he can still join. That's true. I mean, I could just you know, next time I see him, just like, hey, let me see your phone <laughs> at, H- at HCS. Be like, hey, let me see your phone. I would let love me, if he came to just again. Yeah, let me just put you in this group chat in Discord full of degenerates. <laughs> Why is there a bunch of people with the name of lactating? <laughs> just, I would just, not want Mr. No, to see the lactating. No. Dude, dude, someone who is not caught up on our show joined our Discord and was so confused as to why there were so many people with the name lactation. I mean, I, I don't even get it. I, I, don't, I don't think we fully grasped What's it. What's even funnier is the lactators joined and they're like, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know why either. We don't know why. I think we just showed genuine disgust for like two episodes. And we're like, oh, we just got to run with it. Gator is the, at fault for all of this. Patient zero. Yeah. All that happened what was a guy. we read his name and it caught us all up. We were all like, <laughs> we laughed for like 10 minutes. We we're like, that's really gross. And then just like people just every week, there was just another one and another and another, another and one. Another. another one. All right, bro. It's not 2017. <laughs> I, I like uh, lactating Gator's quote. I only had a username. I had a username <laughs> lines of that. <laughs> and all he did. if you want to support us directly, though beyond just joining our community because it's really helpful it helps us do things like talk to troy Denning. <laughs> i'm just it's a good selling point now god grow up you're a professional i am a professional Whoa, dude i'm a professional talker <laughs> i guess anyway <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com forward slash jumperscape you can support us there or if you don't want to get to the get to the nitty gritty and dedicate all of that you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash jumperscape i guess coffee kofi however you want to say that that helps us uh with many 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 things if you want to see all the stuff that we're working on then that's all happening in the discord uh there is going to be a roadmap coming out probably next week so you know it's something yeah it's going to be long it's a long video I, I did not realize that we were doing so much this year, but we're doing quite a bit this year. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of things that I've been doing quite a bit of, uh, is Shane, I heard back from James Burns. Thank you so much for listening to everybody. Uh, if you want to want, want so to see ominous. us next week, you can go to right here next week again. Again. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Leave me alone forever. <laughs> see you. <ya. laughs>《》